Shore Church audio podcast. To find out more information about North Shore Church, please visit us at mynsag.com. We hope you enjoy today's message. Awesome. Well, I am excited to be able to get to bring the word to you today, to bring the message. We are continuing our series called This Is Us. And This Is Us just also happens to be the name of the TV sh- my wife's favorite TV show, this is us. Anybody ever seen that TV show, This Is Us? Horrible TV show. Horrible. Here's why I, like, I've watched two episodes with my wife, and this show does everything they can to try to get you to cry. <laughs> like, if there's a death that could happen, it's going to happen on this show. Like, it's, it's those kind of shows. But uh, really what it is, it's all about it follows a family. Like, it just the ins and outs of a family, the ups and downs, the good times, the sad times, the, the times of joy, the t- times of sorrow. But it just really follows a family. And if we're all honest, we all come from a, a family tree that somewhere down the line has a little bit of crazy in it. You know what I mean? Some of you might be that little bit of crazy in your family tree, and that's all right. That's all right. But uh, there's, we come to understand uh, through our life and, and just through everything we see, there's no such thing as a perfect family. There's no such thing as a perfect family. And so this is what I want to talk to us about uh, today. And so, again, our series is This Is Us, not necessarily the TV show This Is Us, but we're identifying who we are as North Shore. Who are we as a church family? Uh, who has God called this church to be? What are we going to stand for? What are we going to fight for? What are we going to believe? And how are we going to act as a church? And so Pastor Chris, throughout this whole series, has really breathed life into the core values of, of what we're going to stand on and believe as a church. Last week, if you were here, he talked about the first core value, which was a life surrendered to Jesus is constantly growing. And he said, we're going to be a church that's constantly looking forward and trying to be more like Christ. No matter where we're at, whether we just came to Christ, we've been following Christ for decades, we are going to continue to grow. We're on a lifelong journey of growth. And uh, we unveiled a, a poster out in the lobby. And so this week, we unveiled the second poster out in the lobby uh, over there, if you see on that big wall. And so this week, the core value I want to talk to you about today is no one is perfect, everyone is welcome. No one is perfect, everyone is welcome. Don't you just love hearing that, right? Like, it's just almost freeing just hearing that, like, wow, man, I may not be perfect, but I'm welcome, but I'm welcome, and you absolutely are. And uh, so to kind of set the stage for this talk and set the stage for this time together, I want to share a clip with you from one of... uh, uh, an old movie, some of you may know this old movie, and some of you may think I'm super immature for even showing this movie, and uh, I'm hoping that there's some of you that might be a little less mature and laugh at it with me, um, because it's from a movie called Dumb and Dumber, and so, uh, you know, growing up, this was one, a funny movie, I thought, growing up, but there's this one part in there where uh, the guy driving, they're trying to get to Aspen, Colorado, and come, they come to a fork in the road where Colorado is this way, and none other than Nebraska is this way. And he's kind of trying to play a prank on his friend who's sleeping, and so instead of going towards Colorado, they go towards Nebraska. And when that friend wakes up, and he realizes that there is nothing but cornfields around, and there is no Rocky Mountains anywhere near, he gets a little bit upset. And so here's kind of the scene that takes place. I want you to pay attention to the last phrase that he says, kind of as as this argument takes place. So check it out. So we backtracked a tad. Tad! A tad, Lloyd! You drove almost a sixth of the way across the country in the wrong direction! 
Now we don't have enough money to get to Aspen. We don't have enough money to get home. We don't have enough money to eat. We don't have enough money to sleep. Well, it's not going to do us any good to sit here whining about it. We're in a hole. We're just going to have to dig ourselves out. Okay, all right, you're right. You're absolutely right, Wood. Where are you going? Home. I'm walking home. Oh, well, pardon me, Mr. Perfect. I guess I forgot that you never, ever make a mistake. All right. There it is. Pardon me, Mr. Perfect. You guys ever felt that way before? <laughs> right? Like you make a mistake and some of you are still sitting there like, man, I can't believe that Pastor RJ showed a clip from that movie. Well, what can I say except nobody's perfect. <laughs> right? I'm sorry. Um, but we've all been there. We've all been there at a point where we messed up. We blew it. We made a mistake and now we feel condemned or, or judged or like someone's going to leave us and abandon us. And it's like, oh, sorry, Mr. Perfect. You know, and uh, the truth is that there's also many people who look at the church through those lenses as well. They look at the church, they look at the people of the church, and they think, boy, if they find out how imperfect I am, if they find out about my mistakes, my mess-ups, my hurts, my past, my hang-ups, they're not going to want to have anything to do with me. And when they find out I'm, I'm like that, then uh, I'm going to be left on the sidelines looking at the church, looking at them, saying, okay, yeah, sorry, Mr. Perfect. <laughs> I just couldn't fit in. Uh, and many people have this idea that being a Christian means being next to perfect, or at least pretending to be. And some of us today, we might be here, and we're going through the motions like we're pretending to be perfect, yet in reality, we're far from it, right? And we could be doing that, and it's easy to kind of go through, hallelujah, brother, oh, glory and praise, power, like we can sing the songs, and we could do it, and good morning, God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good, like he is good. That's true, and yet we can do some of these things when deep inside there's still something inside of us that's hurt and broken and needs fixed. And so I want you to know that uh, God has called North Shore. God has called this church to be a church for every single person. Every single person, no matter of who you are, no matter where you came from, no matter uh, what the, where you're at on the socioeconomic status, uh, no matter your race, no matter your background, no matter how imperfect you are, regardless even if you believe in God or not, you are welcome at North Shore. It's a place where everybody's welcome. Everybody is welcome here. People with habits, People with hang-ups, people with issues, people with the past, people that have been hurt are welcome at North Shore. Because this is a place where we embrace the fact that nobody is perfect, yet everybody is welcome. Everybody's welcome. And I love this, too, because a lot of times people flip it, and they look at the church, and they think, I don't want to be part of that church because I know some of the people in that church and how they live, and boy, it is far from perfect. And you know what? That's okay, because we embrace the fact that no matter where we're at on, our, on your journey, you may not have even started this journey with Christ. We are a church where no one's perfect, but everyone is always welcome. Anybody have any kids? Where, where are my parents at? Any parents out in the room? You got, oh yeah, there we go. Hey, wouldn't it just be awesome if God created kids to be perfect until age 10? Come on, that would be like, Lord, you are just beyond good, you know? But that's not what 
happens. Kids are far from perfect. Just this week, um, my son, he, he, he likes to color with his markers and like draw with his markers. And uh, it just so happened that this day he saw uh, mom and dad. We have a, a drawer that we'll grab a Sharpie from. And like we have a special marker. You know what I mean? And so we leave the room for about 10 seconds, and this little, like, naughty ninja just sneaks down into the drawer, grabs this Sharpie, and does a big old loop-de-loop right on, right on the, our kitchen counter. <laughs> and so our counter has a big old black loop-de-loop that I've been, like, trying to, to scrub off for a couple days here. So if you got any tips on that one, let me know. But, uh, but, but I'm just like, ah, how could you, you know better? Come on, MJ, come on, son. You know better than this. Um, I have a picture that I want to show you that's the aftermath of what happens when a one-year-old steals a three-year-old's cup of water. So here's just kind of what happens when a one-year-old steals a three-year-old's cup of water. The one-year-old, absolutely, she's getting it off the table. She pours it all down her hair and down herself. But my three-year-old's the one throwing a fit about it because she has my cup, you know, my Leo cup. Yes, that is your Leonardo cup, MJ. But, like, kids are far from perfect. This past week, we stayed in a, in a hotel for a pastor's retreat that we were at all week. And um, for, I guess, about two or three nights. And so for these two nights, my one-and-a-half-year-old, who normally gets to sleep in, like, a crib that's enclosed, that is basically her prison, <laughs> you know what I mean? She now has a bed with freedom to talk and look around, and there's people around. And so until 2 a.m., she keeps getting out of the bed, like, wandering around the room, yelling and screaming and trying to escape to go see Grandma. And we're like, no, Ava, get in. Shh, you, oh, we are, you know, like, we're threatening. We don't know what to do because other kids are sleeping. But kids are far from perfect. And everybody knows that. But how horrible of a father would I be if I looked at my kids and said, boy, you sure are a lot of work. <laughs> boy, it is going to take a lot of time and energy and money to get you to the place where you need to be. And you are far from it right now, boy. And wouldn't it be horrible if I just said, you know what, that's just a little too much. I don't want to have anything to do with you. No, that would never happen. Why? Because we're family. Perfection is never a prerequisite for family. It's never a prerequisite for family. Yet, when we come into God's family, when we come into the church, many of us have this idea that we need to be perfect or close to it to be part of the family. When that's just not the truth. That's not the truth. We have a loving, heavenly father. If as father, if as parents, we love our kids to that extent, even, in far, even though they, they have imperfection, how much more does our heavenly father love us? I'll tell you how much more. He said, even while you were in your sin, he died for you. That's how much more he loves us. That's what he did for us. Yeah, y'all can clap if you want. I mean, Jesus died for you. But, <laughs> but some of you just need to get this, under, understand this, that, that even though you're not perfect, this is a place where you're welcome and that God loves you and God has something for you. In fact, maybe this phrase here will free some of you up. Uh, God's more interested in your direction than your perfection. He's more interested in the direction you're going because, listen, uh, I strive to be perfect like Christ was perfect, but I am far from it, and I mess up, and I make mistakes, but I'm going to push myself back up and keep going the direction that he wants us to go. So God's more interested in your direction than in your perfection. 
Some of you, you're beating yourselves up because you feel like, oh boy, I gotta, I gotta fake it till I make it. I gotta at least appear to be perfect. Things gotta appear to be going a certain. Like, no, you know what? That's okay. It's okay. This is a place where no one's perfect, and it's okay not to be perfect. And God's still got a plan and a purpose for your life. Some of us, we feel disqualified to be at church. We feel disqualified to be used by God. We feel disqualified to be in a ministry because uh, our life maybe doesn't look the way that we think it should or just the same way many people look at the church or in the community or wherever, look at the church and think, I don't know if I could be in a place like that. I don't know if I could belong somewhere like that because, boy, I have some issues. Boy, I am far from perfect. This is a place where you don't have to clean up to be a part of it. This is a place where you don't have to look a certain way or act a certain way or think a certain way. This is a place where everyone is welcome. Everyone is welcome. And see, this is the thing I love about God. And even looking through the New Testament, you look at who Jesus reached out to. Man, it was people far from perfect. Who was the one that stood up for the woman caught in adultery? It was Jesus. Yet he called her to something greater. He said, listen, no one's here to condemn you, and you know what, neither do I, but now I want you to go and, and sin no more. Like, I got a calling for you as well. Uh, but but he, Jesus and God has this master ability to use imperfect people for really big and amazing things. And that's exactly what God, God wants to do through you and through us as a church. Use imperfect people to do some big and amazing things. So just check out some of the imperfect people in Scripture. You can read the Bible for about 10 minutes and realize, wow, people are, can be really bad and crazy and horrible sometimes. Even some of the people God uses to do great things were very imperfect. They had some issues, some hang-ups, some hurts, some, some, some things from their past. Noah, you remember the guy who built the ark? right? Built the ark. Uh, he was a drunk. Abraham was too old. We look at someone like, oh, man, he is over the hill way over the hill. He is too old, but God used him. Jacob had issues with lying. He was a liar. Leah, she was ugly. <laughs> U-G-L-Y, Leah ain't got no alibi. She's ugly. <laughs> and you're thinking, how could I be so insensitive in church? It's in the Bible. It's in God's word, so I don't feel so bad saying it. <laughs> she was ugly, but, but God used her. Um, Joseph was abused and abandoned by his family. Moses murdered a man and also had a stuttering problem when God called him to be the mouthpiece of a nation. Samson was a womanizer, and he had long hair. We all know, you know, I don't know if God can use people with long hair or piercings or tattoos. So, you know, no. God used them. Rahab was a prostitute. Jeremiah and Timothy were too young. So I'm just too young to be used. No, they're not. David had an affair and then had the guy murdered to cover up the affair. So he had an affair with a woman and then had that woman's husband killed. Scandalous. Could you imagine uh, something like that playing out today in one of the nation's leaders? A president doing something like that? Oh, my goodness. Yet God used David. Isaiah, he was a prophet, and Isaiah preached naked. I can't help but laugh when I say that word, and I don't know why. <gasps> But he preached naked. And I've seen a lot of people do a lot of things for attention in my life. But thank the Lord, I have never seen that, nor will I ever see that, or nor will you ever see that at North Shore. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know what I mean? Um, but, but Peter, one of his closest friends denied, Jesus' closest friends denied him three times. 
His disciples, the disciples, on the night Jesus was going to be betrayed, that Jesus told his disciples, please, I need you guys to pray. Pray for me. Let's spin. Come on, I need you to pray. And they ended up falling asleep. The Samaritan woman was divorced multiple times. Timothy had an ulcer. Paul hunted down and persecuted Christians. Lazarus was a dead guy. <laughs> and God used him. And if you don't think God can use you, think again. If you don't think God can use an imperfect person, think again. If you don't think God wants to have anything to do with someone who's not close to perfection, think again. He wants to have everything to do with you. In fact, can I tell you, uh, being imperfect is the perfect requirement for God to use you. <laughs> being imperfect is the perfect prerequisite, the perfect requirement for God to do something great through you. So if you're not perfect today, you're in the best place. Welcome to the family of imperfect people. <laughs> you're here, you've been abandoned or cast aside like Joseph. Maybe you're a child of divorce. You've been through a divorce. Maybe you've been going through one right now. You grew up without a father. Maybe you were abused growing up or you're struggling with lust and pornography or maybe you were introduced to drugs at a really young age or grew up in a home where parents were terrible role models arguing and fighting the entire time. Or maybe it's even just something you struggle to just learn how to keep God above your work in your life. And many times as we go through some of these issues, these problems, these hurts from the past, some of those things stick with us moving forward. Some of us, uh, these things we've been through, they, they, we have something left over, and some of us we have some anger left over, or so we feel hurt or bitter, or we're, we're really bad in our relationships, or we're insecure, we battle depression, or, or some of us we're, we're poor with finances just as a result of some of these things, or we struggle with our self-image, or we're addicted to habits that enslave us. But I want you to know this, you came to the right place. God doesn't love you any less because of your past. He doesn't love you any less because of your hang-ups, your hurts, your habits, or your issues. God loves you the way you are. But can I tell you, he's got something more for you. He's got something more for you. But if you have issues, I just want to say, welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. In fact, why don't you just turn to your neighbor, turn to someone beside you and tell them, you got issues. Ooh, oh, come on, doesn't that just feel good? Some of you enjoyed that a little too much. <laughs> Husbands, I hope you didn't say that to your wives. Come on now. Uh-uh. No. <laughs> you got issues. We all got issues. And that's okay because this is a place where nobody's perfect. But everybody's welcome. I want to share with you just a little bit of a portion of our North Shore Connect class. This is just a, a, a little part of what you learn going through North Shore Connect, but I think it so applies to our time here today as well. So just a few points from this class that I want to share with you today. And this is some of our values when we're going through. I'm saying, listen, this is who we are as a church. This is what we believe, and this is what I want you to know leaving, leaving this class, excuse me, uh, is this, that North Shore is a safe place for everybody. North Shore is a safe place for everybody. In fact, as we start our North Shore Connect class next week, uh, one of the first things I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about a rule we have called the acceptance rule in this class. And I say, uh, basically this rule says no matter where we're at on our journey with Christ, some people may not, may not believe in God yet. Some people have been following him for decades. But there needs to be complete acceptance for everyone in this room. And every time I ask, is that okay? They're all like, that sounds great to me. 
There's complete acceptance. That's the acceptance rule. And, and there's a verse in Psalm 61, 3 through 5 that I love that just shows how awesome the house of God is, how safe and warm and welcoming and inviting it is. Look at some of the language as we read this together as David talks about, uh, about this in Psalm 61. It says, you've always given me breathing room, a place to get away from it all, a lifetime pass to your safe house. An open invitation is your guest. You've always taken me seriously, God, and made me welcome among those who know you and love, love you. And you've made me welcome among those who know you and love you. You've made me welcome among those who know you and love you. So much hope is in that verse. But I just love looking at some of those, those words of, man, God, in your house, it's safe. It's an open invitation. As you're in fact, I pray this verse over people that walk through the doors of this church. And you know what I love is that uh, even through this North Shore Connect class, one of the questions I ask is, what brought you back to North Shore? Why did you come back a second time or a third time? What, what brought you back? And you know what overwhelmingly, number one, the number one answer is to that question? Boy, I just, everyone was so welcoming. <laughs> Everyone was so kind and warm and inviting, and I just felt welcome here. I'm like, yes, I love it. And that's exactly the culture we want to create. Uh, and everyone, the next part I want to share with you from that class is everyone is welcome at North Shore. Everyone is welcome. From that verse you just read, you've made me welcome. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 uh, says this. Jesus said, come to me, some of you. No, I'm just kidding. What did he say? Come to me, Who? All of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. That means, listen, guys, Jesus is like, guys, I know you're going to carry heavy burdens. I know you're going to get weary. I know you're going to get tired. I know you're going to carry weight that you weren't meant to carry. So here's what I want you to do. Just come to me. Everybody, all of you. Not some of you. Not if you look a certain way, dress a certain way, act a certain way. Not if your uh, bank account look a certain way. All of you. Come to me. This is a place where you'll hear us say, you can belong before you believe. You can belong before you believe. And some of you might see that statement and like, well, what, what does that mean? Somebody can belong before they even believe in God? Yeah, they can. <laughs> they can. In fact, I love how Jesus put it in Mark 2.17 that said, the healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I came, uh, I came not to call those who think they're righteous, but those who know they are sinners. Listen, he said, I came for people who are hurting, people with the hang-ups, people with issues, people with the past. Listen, I came to help them. Don't you think it'd be just, uh, don't you think God would call us to do the same, to be open and welcoming and inviting to maybe those that are far from God? You can belong before you believe. And here's the thing. Many people, they look at church. They look at the church people. They look at, they drive by on 281 in Burlington. And they see our church and they say, boy, I could never be part of a, a church like that because my life doesn't look anything like their lives do in there. I can't belong in a place like that because when they find out my issues, my hangups, my past, my pain, oh, they don't want to have anything to do with me. They're going to leave me by the side of the road and I'm going to be left looking, saying, sorry, Mr. Perfect. That's what people think. It's a place where many times, but the, this is a place where many times becoming happens after belonging. Becoming like Christ many times ha happens after belonging to the body of Christ, belonging to a church. I've seen it so many times. People come and their life is so far from God, but yet as they come and they start to belong, 
to belong to, to the church, belong to even uh, the body of Christ, their life begins changing. They start becoming more like Christ. So this is a place where sometimes becoming like, like Christ often, often happens after belonging to the body of Christ or the church. Chris preached last week, uh, he used this awesome illustration that I loved of, uh, say our journey with Christ is like uh, playing football on a football field. And some of us have to go 80 yards to score a touchdown, which if scoring a touchdown is being like Christ. And some of us have to go 99 yards, like we are nothing like Christ and we got a long ways to go, but we can make up some ground. Some of us are in the red zone and we just have like inch by inch to try to strive and get closer and closer to Christ. But all of us are on a journey to become like him. This never stops. This, this never stops. No matter where we're at, the important thing uh, that he said is that you don't look to the left, you don't look to the right, you don't look at the people behind you and be like, wow, look at so-and-so. Man, they are really struggling. No, we keep our eyes ahead towards Christ and say, I'm going to become like Christ. Because the value he shared last week, a life surrendered to Jesus, is constantly growing. Growing. Awesome. Some of y'all got it. I like it. <clears throat> but I want you to know this is a place where anyone can belong. Some of you, you, God has changed you on the inside, yet you still have 95 yards to go. The man, God changed you, did something inside of you, but your behavior isn't quite lining up yet. But you belong. And as you belong, God is going to ha- help you to become more like him. He's going to help you along the way. And the one thing I love about belonging is there's confidence from belonging, Right? When you get together with, with people you don't know, you're a little bit shy and reserved, but when you get together with your family, there's a confidence there, right? Like, yeah, I belong to this family. I can, I can cut a few jokes if I want to, you know? Um, even look at any, in Scripture, I think of how Moses sent 12 spies to spy out the Can- Canaan, which was the promised land. Ten of those spies came back and said, listen, Moses, they are like giants over there. You should see the size of their grapes. It's unbelievable. We do not belong there. We don't have a chance against those people. Uh-uh. I, we don't belong there. Two of them came back with a report that said, yeah, you know what, Moses, they're huge, and their fruit is huge, but that fruit is ours. We belong there. Let's go take it. God has given us this land. See the confidence that comes from belonging? They're like, yeah, that is our. We belong there. Let's go and get it. Let's go and take it. And uh, coincidentally, those were the only two that ended up being able to go in and see the promised land. So I, I want you to know, and I can say this with confidence, no matter who you are, no matter what you look like, no matter what your past has been like, you belong at North Shore. You belong at North Shore. You, love the, you, you belong here. And one of the things I, I love about this core value is it answers the question for us, who can I invite to church? Right, we all sometimes struggle with this, like, oh boy, who can I invite? Can I bring uh, them? You know, do they know Jesus or do they not? Like, here's the thing, it answers the question, who can I invite to church? And the answer is anyone. Anyone, because everyone needs Jesus. And this is a safe place for everyone. This is a place for everyone. Anyone, uh, no one is perfect, but everyone can belong. Uh, And we all know the feeling of being somewhere you don't belong. Y'all ever felt that way? Like, you know you feel out of place. You know something's off, something's wrong. I remember a time when I was in college, and I, I love golfing, and my dad loves golfing. And this is kind of how we connect. Like, we have our father-son time on the golf course. And so he's up visiting me, and I found this awesome deal online for one of the 
most expensive and nicest golf courses in the state. We had to drive about an hour, um, but we got this super, super cheap and awesome deal. We're like, Dad, we'll never get this again. Let's go. And so we drive an hour. We booked it, and we drove an hour, and we got there uh, to the country club, and we walk up, and, you know, we just pull up, and they, like, grab our bags and drive it around on a cart for us. Like, wow, this is awesome. The gates opened as we entered, and we're like, wow, this is crazy. This is cool. And we get up to the counter, and we're about to just kind of do the last few steps before going out and golfing, and uh, the guy looks at us. I got my collared golf shirt on, and, uh, you know, and, and I got my nicest Sunday blue jeans on, and he looks at me, and he says, you can't golf on our course wearing blue jeans. And I'm like, what? I'm like, these are my nice, I wear these to church. No, no blue jeans. We have a po- no blue jean policy. I was like, I didn't see that anywhere on the website. He's like, well, I'm sorry. That's, just, that's, that's the rule. You can't golf here looking like that. You can't belong here. You can't be here looking like that. Ooh, I was mad. I was upset. I'm like, I've already paid. You better let me on this course. I want to play out in your course. Like, I was trying to argue. My dad was like, man, RJ, what, was, what got into you? I'm like, I was offended. <laughs> you know, like, I was, I was hurt. I was like, really? You're going to not allow me? And he said, you know what? I can, you can go buy a pair of slacks over here, and you can play if you put on our, those slacks. And the slacks were like $150. I'm not going to buy a $150 pair of slacks to play golf. Uh, can you return them? <laughs> I went up there, you know, but um, I didn't. I didn't do it. We just packed back up and went back home. But I'll never forget the moment. I'll never forget how it felt to be in a place where I didn't belong, a place where someone looked at me and said, you can't be here. And many people look at the church and think it's more like a country club when it's not. Church isn't a country club. We don't put up walls to keep people out. In fact, one of our biggest goals is we do all we can to break down those walls and build bridges to help people come in, make it easy for people to come in, and make it easy for people to connect with Jesus. That's what we do. That's why we exist. We are not a country club. Just like a hospital is for the sick people. Could you imagine people with pneumonia and broken bones showing up at a hospital and them looking at them and saying, listen, I'm sorry, but you can't come to this hospital. No, that's who they exist for. And this is a place where even though no one is perfect, even though people have hurts and past and issues and struggles, they're welcome here. Even though you're struggling today, even though you have a past that only you know about, you're welcome here. This is a place for you. It's okay not to be okay at North Shore. You belong here. And not only does God still love you, but God has something more for you. He's got something for you moving forward. He's got something better for you. He doesn't want to leave you where you're at uh, in that struggle or in that issue. He doesn't want to leave you there. He wants to say, you know what, it's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. I got something more for you. I love you too much to leave you the way you are. And so over these next few moments, I just want to share with you just a few points of kind of how we can unpack, practically unpack this, this fact that no one's perfect and everyone is welcome. First of all, I want you to know it's, it's okay not to be perfect, but it's not okay to justify our sin. It's okay not to be perfect, but it's not okay to justify our sin. Jesus puts it this way. He says, um, you know, don't try to deal with the speck of sawdust in your neighbor's eye when you've got a plank that you could deal with in your own. <laughs> uh, you know, don't use that to justify where you're at. And as Pastor Chris, you know, even last week, he, he used that that football field analogy where when we're maybe a little bit ahead of some other people on the, the, the football field and they got a long ways to go to be like Christ, they got 80 yards to go, but we only got 40 yards to go, it's easy to look back and say, boy, 
Glad I'm not like them. <laughs> they sure are struggling, right? At least I'm not like some of these guys. I'm bad, but woo, have you seen these boys? Yeah, you know what? I, I get drunk, but have you seen what these guys do? Uh, you know, and it's easy to kind of justify where we're at. And so what I don't want you to think is by, by saying that no one's perfect is an excuse for us to justify living in sin. Because I'm not, I, I don't, I'll never uh, say that. And we'll never say that as a church. But I know that God can't work and do something fresh in our life if we justify what we're doing. Some of us, we've justified what we're doing. We're justifying the issues and the struggles that we're in. And you know what? God loves you too much to keep you in those. He wants to take you to a new place, to a new level. He wants to move you forward. But we want to be honest with who we are and where we are, not justify it. Another thing, another, another point uh, is it's okay not to be perfect, but it's not okay to lie about it. Yeah, we're not going to lie about our imperfection. And some of us, we might be here and we're thinking, boy, Pastor RJ, that's some good preaching. I wish that so-and-so was sitting beside me because they need to hear this message. This is for them. Not necessarily for me, but this is for them. You're really helping those poor people with some issues today, Pastor RJ. They could just be like me because I'm pretty okay. You know, it's okay not to be perfect, but it's not okay to lie about it. First uh, John 1.8 says, if we claim to be without sin, the truth is not in us. See, we all have imperfections. Whether we have to go 99 yards or whether we have to go 15, we all are on the journey of being more like Christ. Yeah, my changes when I first come to Christ are going to be a lot more drastic and a lot different than the changes that I have to be like Christ in the red zone. They're going to look different. Back here, the changes were friends and were uh, big changes of breaking addictions and moving forward uh, in healthy relationships. And maybe over here, it's something like having discipline to give, having discipline to wake up 20 minutes earlier to spend time with God. That's a tough step, but that's a step God's calling us to. So it's okay not to be perfect, but it's not okay to lie about it. Because many times it's the broken places that God uses to, to, for us to minister to others and for him to minister to us. Many times it's those broken places where God even works best uh, to, to minister to us. So you might be an addict today. You might be insecure. You might be struggling with sin. You might be too short, too tall, too big, too small, too thick, too skinny. Whatever it is, God can use you. God has something for you. He has something for you. But we have to be truthful about who we are and where we're at. It's okay not to be perfect, but it's not okay not to do anything about it. It's not okay to just stay that way. Just say, yeah, you know what, this is who I am. I'm okay. I, uh, Pastor RJ, I tried to change, and I have tried, but I can't. Man, it's hard. There's nothing I can do about it. Or, listen, I'm, I'm just a party animal. That's just who I am. I'm just, it's in my DNA. This is who I am. I'm a party animal. I just like to eat, Pastor RJ. Listen, I'm getting everybody today, myself included. <laughs> I just like, you know, I was just born with an overdrive, over, out of control sex drive. I can't control it. I don't, I don't know what to do. Uh, or uh, I just can't control my anger. Nothing I never have and I never will. Nothing I can do about it. But maybe there's something that Jesus can do about it. Maybe there's something that Christ can do about it. 1 John 3, 5 and 6 says, No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. 
He says, yeah, you know what? It's okay not to be perfect because when I was on this earth, man, I ministered and reached out to the hurting, the broken, the, the people that weren't perfect, but I called them to something greater. I didn't, want, I didn't uh, save them for them to stay in their sin. I got something more for you. And that's what we're saying. This is a place where, man, in spite of your imperfections, we embrace you and we love you because we know God's got something more for you. He's got something for you. See, the Bible says when we give our lives to Christ, we come just as we are. But yet something uh, supernatural happens and God begins to change us from the inside out. He forgives us and he washes away our sins and those are no longer counted against us and he gives us the Holy Spirit. And so week by week, day by day, month by month, we are in a process, a never-ending process of becoming more like Christ. This process never ends and that's why these values, they work together. The church values. The, the, last week, the value of a life surrendered to Jesus is constantly growing. We can't just uh, look at today's value and be like, no one's perfect, everyone's welcome, that one, I choose that one, and forget about the fact that a life surrendered to Jesus is constantly moving forward. We can't just say, yeah, you know what, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm imperfect and that's okay and I'm just going to be staying here for a while. It's like, no, these work together. Don't forget the, the, about the fact that God wants to move you forward. He wants to move you forward. So these things work together, and we truly do believe that a life surrendered to Christ is constantly growing, and God wants you to grow. It's okay not to be perfect, but it's not okay to beat yourself up over it. Some of you, you've been beating yourself up for your imperfections, your struggles, your sins for far, far too long. Self-condemnation and guilt doesn't bring anything good in our lives. In fact, if you're caught in that, then you've internalized defeat. You feel like because of your past, you're unqualified moving forward. God doesn't consult your past to create your future. Why should we? Stop beating yourself up and start picking yourself up or start getting yourself up. Some of you, you're here and you've been struggling for so long, been faking for so long. Stand on this promise in God's word in Romans 8.1 that says, there is now therefore no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And living a life in Christ means living a life that's not in our own strength. It's not living and doing things our own way, but saying, God, I wanna live and do things your way. I don't wanna just pursue my kingdom, I wanna pursue your kingdom. I don't just wanna live with my strength, I wanna live with your strength through me. But today I know some of us are running from God. Some of us are here, we're playing church. We have this idea that unless people think I'm perfect, I'm not gonna belong. And I'm gonna be left stuck by the side of the road looking at others saying, wow, sorry, Mr. Perfect. No. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they're a new person. The old life is gone and the new life has begun. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. So stop beating yourself up and start picking yourself up. God wants to take you places. God wants you to do some things. This is a place where no one's perfect and everyone is welcome. New life can be found in Christ. See, it's okay not to be okay, but God loves you way too much to let you stay that way. 
Some of us have some deep hurt, deep hurts and some pains and some things that we have from our past. And uh, listen, I, I've been there. I've even, um, some of us, maybe it's even a church in the past. We have an a issue or something that happened at a church in the past. It's kind of a hurt and a hang up there. I've been there. I grew up in a pastor's home. I can't tell you some of the issues and crazy things that have happened to my, my parents. I can tell you, though, that, that I still remember about three months when I first started ministry, youth ministry, straight out of college. Three months in as a youth pastor at a tiny little church plant um, and uh, <clears throat> calling my parents, which we call our parents to cry sometimes as grown men. I'm calling my parents crying, saying, I don't think I can do this. I don't think I'm cut out to be in a position of leadership. I don't think I'm cut out to be a pastor. I can't deal with this. Someone had written a really bad letter about me, said some things, and they've met with me and said, listen, if you're going to do this, if this is kind of your style of of outreach and this is your style of ministering, then I don't think you're going to fit here. And man, it hurt. And like the whole, it was just one of those things where something happened. And I felt like, man, I didn't belong. I remember showing up to a church one time in college, a little church right by our college. It was easy to go to, and I showed up in plaid shorts and button-up shirt, and um, uh, a gentleman caught me in the foyer as I walked in, and he said, uh, son, it's a sin to wear shorts like that in church. Next time you come here, you better wear slacks. And guess what? There wasn't a next time. (laughs) But this is not that place. We are not a church like that. In fact, I've never felt anything but love and welcoming uh, from every person here. I've never not felt judged. I've not felt out of place. This is not a place where we look at how you're dressed and say, I'm sorry, you don't belong here. Or look at your past and say, boy, you are just too bad. Or, or look at your issues or your hang-ups and say, boy, I don't know if God can use you if you're going to do things that way. No, we say, you know what? No one's perfect and everybody is welcome at North Shore. No one's perfect and everyone is welcome. Here's the thing. When we realize that we're not perfect, when we realize that we're not okay, the only way to change is start relying on a God who is. When we say, God, I'm not perfect, but I'm holding on to the one who is perfect. God, I'm not that strong, but I'm going to hold on to the one who has all power in his hands. God, I'm not okay, but I know that you died on the cross, so I didn't have to stay that way. No one's perfect. Everyone's welcome. And we welcome anyone because Christ died for everyone. We welcome anyone because Christ died for everyone. He died for people that are like you, that are unlike you. People that you like, people that you don't like. People that look like you, people that don't look like you. People in Hastings, people in Somalia. He died for people uh, in Lincoln like he died for for people in Haiti. Everyone is welcome. Anyone is welcome because everyone needs Jesus. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to connect with us or if you want more information about North Shore Church, please visit mynsag.com.